folks, welcome back into another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. It's the post-game edition of the uh, of the show, Orlando Soccer Show after dark. Gavin Eubank, I've got Kyle Foley and Brent Peckis here, and for the ninth year in a row, Orlando managed to get a result on opening day. It's a one nothing victory over the Red Bulls, guys. This has been a wild uh, last like thirty minutes of MLS action. However, if you're in Orlando, you can't say it was a wild night. Um, so, Kyle, Brent, one nothing victory. It wasn't the prettiest. Um, what are your thoughts? Quick, t- quick thoughts. Quick takeaways. Well, yeah, I think they won. They won. Yeah, that was good, right? <laughs> three, I mean, po- three points. points. <laughs> three points is the takeaway. I, I mean, it wasn't pretty. I, I think you saw. Good organization in the back. I think you saw good things um, defensively. Ah, man, but offensively, yeesh, not great. But it's, you know, first game of the season, so let's temper expectations a little bit. You got your three points. You're staying on pace. Things are fine. No need to panic yet. Yeah, no, like you said, not a lot going offensively for Orlando City. They had just, uh, let's see, just six shots all night 14 for the red bulls one shot on target for orlando city and that one shot on target was facundo torres's penalty kick goal that took place in the 56th minute a handball in the box a couple moments earlier drew orlando the penalty kick they get the goal facundo torres his sixth goal and i want to say like eight or nine games now for orlando city dating back to last season um who else who else but facundo drawing down the numbers adding a couple more dollars uh, maybe an extra zero to that price tag there Orlando's going to sell them off for at some point in the next year um but yeah other than that not a great night offensively for Orlando first game of the year you got four new starters you know not a team that has really played a lot together and it it showed you know there were some moments where uh, you get uh, there was a Martin Ojeda and you know he's he's sending off a pass down to Facundo but Facundo stops and like there's just miscommunication kind of all over the field and Red Bull certainly came out, and like you said, Brent, they were going to press, they were going to be disruptive, and they they did just that, you know. So when you look at Orlando, was it was it a matter of new team, new faces, kind of trying to gel, or do you think that Red Bull really was effective at what they were doing? Well, it's a combination of of a little bit of both. I mean, Red Bull's style, like like Brent had talked about, is very disruptive. It is meant to cause problems. And so when you are going, coming up against that system, playing in a system that, that usually can be undone by that, in a system that relies more on control of the ball and things like that, it does become harder because it does take longer for a team like that to gel and get the system operating. Even if you brought back all 11 starters, it still takes time at the beginning of the season. So playing against a more disruptive team, it it's just always going to be more of a challenge. So I was actually kind of expecting the way Orlando looked. It's similar to the the last preseason game last week. Like you saw some good moments. There were some good connection moments, but you know, when you can't properly kind of estimate what runs other players are going to make and where they're going to be, because you've not spent enough time with them yet. It, it takes time to get that really, really locked in. Yeah. I think Kyle's right there. It like just the, you know, the basic combination play that the, the play you talked about, I think he wanted it on his feet and he kind of played it, behind him into the ball that stuff gets fixed in weeks five six and seven so that's like not the issue 
I'm I, things I'd be concerned about, things that would be red flags for me after this season, after this game. I'm sorry, is the way that New York press. I thought they would sit back only because it's week one. They actually came out and did their normal New York Red Bulls press and and created problems. It was Carr's inability to connect. So he's not going to get behind like we saw Enrique do in the once he was subbed in. Carr is up there to relieve pressure for that for for the press and he just was not successful in that today and i think he's going to be taking the most heat as we go on in the season is you're going to start to see him this kind of people just don't understand his role and the more and more he doesn't produce the more and more that heat is going to be on his position and the more and more that enrique and others are going to get opportunities um so I, that's that's the only concern i saw today i thought halliday had a great game i thought um you know, the back line was fantastic, and Gillespie was exactly what you needed him to do. I thought he was a little shaky on some crosses, but for the most part, made that huge save in, in the late parts of the game, and that's what you want. Um, three points, um, but still, still, you know, it's the first week, so lots to still... Lots of still to digest. There have been plenty of other seasons that have started with with a result from the beginning that have not ended well. So obviously you can't read too much in the beginning. You talk about Kara, and I know we've talked about it a lot on the show in the past too. The thing, it's about him getting a lot of kind of the flack. And I think the the problem with Kara is not with him. It's the fact that he's not a player that's really conducive to the system that Pereja wants to play. He he never really felt like a super great fit from the beginning. There's not he doesn't offer a lot off the ball because it's not the way he he plays. It's not his player. It's not his profile, and I think that's that's hard because you need people that can be more flexible in in terms of their movements around the field. You need one that are aware enough to be able to relieve that pressure and, and do those things off the ball. And I think that's just not. Either it's not what he's comfortable with or it's not what he's strong with. And it, it's not to say that he's not a good player. It's just it's always felt like kind of a, a square peg in a round hole. And I think, yeah, like you mentioned, I think that's going to end up leading to us getting to see more opportunities for some other players. Uh, and I think with, with Enrique and then uh, eventually probably too seeing more from, from Dylan McGuire. I just think yeah. it it is it is unfortunate mm-hmm. that he's going to get a lot of a lot of crap for it because it's not really it's not his fault it's not that he's not trying or he's not you know he's just a terrible player it's just he's just it, it's a fish out of water situation yeah and I think the things you need to look for when he's got the ball when the ball's played into him where is the next ball that he needs to play off to so is Torres um, you know providing support is Perea finding support to him so that he can play the ball and is he drawing the center backs away. Like that's that's his job as a target center forward, and if he's not doing that, that means we're just gonna have to change the system a little bit. Um, when he did receive the ball, I felt like there wasn't much support behind him. I it, he's getting the ball in locations where I think they're too high up the field. I think if he's getting the ball at the fifty, you know, halfway, and he's playing the ball back. He's got to immediately spin off and start making a run forward. He's not that type of player. We need to get him the ball kind of in the attacking third. If he can get a ball, long ball into there and play off, I think that's where we find that's where he's going to find joy and he's going to find success. I felt like the way that New York was pressing so much forward, it did not offer that to him. And and you know, I think that's ultimately, I think this is a team where he's not going to have joy with. It'll be interesting how he goes next week against Cincinnati, um, a team that. I don't, I don't think it's going to press, but I have, you know, 
going to have to watch the film on them. But it'll be interesting to see his, his growth and development in the next few weeks. Yeah, that was one of the things that we were talking about in the chat, too, is like when you compare Carr to some of the past strikers that Orlando have had, you know, guys like Daryl DK. I mean, Daryl's a big guy, but he was also mobile and he was the kind of guy that would do exactly what you were saying is he would get the ball played off and then make a, you know, a 30 yard run immediately turn around. He's bodying center backs. He's drawing them left and right. To, to create space for the other guys around him. And, and Cara just doesn't really do that. And even if you compare him to less talented guys like Tesho Akindali, Tesho caught flack left and right from fans because he wasn't necessarily the most talented player on the field, but he was arguably one of the hardest workers. And that's the kind of player that really excels for a coach like Oscar Pereja, where you can be that kind of guy that's pressing the, you know, pressing the ball and trying to, you know, um, work the center backs and, and move around constantly and just really wear down these defenders. And, and I don't see a lot of that from Kara. And it's very noticeable too, when Enrique comes on in the 63rd minute and it's almost like there's new life from Orlando up top. He's an immediately showing so much more flash and energy that we didn't see from Kara. Um, and, you know, obviously we thought that Duncan McGuire was going to be the guy to get the start today uh, coming off, really impressive preseason you kind of thought Perea was going to play the hot hand here I mean if you're Oscar moving forward do you try to keep making this work or is it time to start saying like we've seen better play from other guys so what you know why should we keep going back to the well that's been dry for a while I think it helps that you have someone now in Enrique and and McGuire you have options that are better long-term anyway. Not only are they better stylistic fits, but they're just young. They're young attacking-minded players, which this league tends to give a lot of opportunities to. So I think last year, a lot of it was there's just very, there's no other options. Like I, I mentioned this while we were watching the game. This is really the first time uh, maybe ever in, for Orlando City where I've been like, wow, we actually have, you know, we can see multiple options up top. We're not seeing just the same. It's it's got to be the same because there's nobody else. Like the only other players there are are guys who are just not good enough to be playing in the league, and there's just no options. But this is like, no, Oscar has plenty of options at his disposal, and a lot of young, talented options. So I think I think eventually, I think if we're still sitting here in June and Kara is the the first choice, uh, forward, it, it, the only way that happens is if he produces. Like I, I just don't see him lasting yeah. in that position because I think there's, I think there's young, hungry players with the ability. Now, I hope that spurs him on. I'm not saying I, I like don't think he should be playing because I, I'd like to see it work out, but it's just stylistically, I don't know. It just, it just doesn't feel like a great fit. Yeah, and I think what what's great for Orlando is they're going to have a lot of games and matches because with with everything they've qualified for this year, you're going to have opportunities to see rotation in that position. So I think that's a good opportunity. I'm not. Like it's just one game. I, I think there's a place and a role that Kara can play on this team, and I it just it's going to depend on what other teams are doing. I think he he becomes a situational player. I think he was put on the field today to relieve stress and be be that nine that holds off the ball, and it, it just wasn't it wasn't working. So and that happens that happens on in, in many teams in many games. So um, I'm not going to completely throw the bathwater out on this one. I'm just going to. We'll wait and see. I think there's going to be plenty of games and plenty of opportunities, but I think at a certain point, Cal's right. 
we're, he's going to have to run the hot hand and down the end of the season, that's, that's what you're going to do. And so it'll see, it'll be interesting to see a good storyline as we progress, who is going to emerge as that goal scorer number nine. Now, I want to I want to go talk about another player real quick that that you had mentioned Brent and I have seen a lot of so some Michael Halliday like I I agree I thought he looked really good tonight I and I thought he's he's looked decent one of the question marks coming into the season was that right back position and could he contribute at an MLS starter caliber level but I think that was probably one that most of us would agree was the, was the weakest link position coming into the season I think he's acquitted himself quite well you know, in, in this game and, and even in the last preseason game that we got to watch. Why? I I guess I, I guess I don't know. Trying to, trying to figure out why people feel looking at him like he's not contributing. Is it because he's not, doesn't have the same presence that other players in that position have had before? Or is, is there something that I'm missing in his game where, because then Brent, you said he also looked good, but I'm just—I don't know. I guess I'm trying to figure out why people are yeah. sitting going, "Oh, I'm not really convinced by him." So I, I think this is there's a couple things, um, and so one is he's not running up and down the field like Ruan was doing, or you know, he's not going to burn, be a burner. However, he does slowly move the move up the field, and there was multiple points where he was wide open along the the touchline, and was able to get good service in. I think some things that concern me. Um, some late fouls that gave up free kicks in in the last few minutes. I think that's that was a little um, inexperience. I think that's the only thing I really saw from him that I was like, okay, so there's a little inexperience, a little dumb fouls here and there, getting you know stepping in when you probably should just contain and let your center backs come over and cover. But I think I think you nailed it. He just he's not sprinting up the field. He's going to be in the right position. He's going to he. I think the. I think the thing that's going to make or break him is service in. How he serves balls in is going to be how he's going to be judged from from a right back position. Um, when he had the one, he had the one good. Yep. Like he had, he had a moment where there was there there could have been a goal. He did a good job there. I think the yeah. discipline stuff in terms of like the fouls and things like that, like that, a lot of that too comes down to like he's still twenty years old. True. Um, yep. Those those things are way more likely to be things that you adjust and adapt as you get older versus like the actual fundamentals of playing the position, which is like if you're struggling with the actual positioning and the play at 20, the chances of you <laughs> suddenly developing into starter caliber just is increasingly le- lower and lower. But if, if the issue is more just, you know, the, the decision making isn't always the best. A lot of that is just human nature of, of being such a young person in in higher profile and higher stress situations and so definitely i think it's something he that will will improve over time yeah and i agree with you like and that's the key thing about defense defending is you get better the more situations the more examples that you have to look at study and do and so like tonight i didn't see any red flags i didn't see anything that would cause me to be alerted he never really got beat on a counter that i can think of um I mean, I'll go. We'll I'll rewatch the match and see if I, you know, see if anything glaring. Just focusing on him and his play. But I thought it was. I thought it was a solid. I thought the whole back line, the back four, played fantastic. I thought they were connected. There really wasn't any opportunities. And when the only opportunities that we did see, um, it was off of a counter or a long ball that we they just didn't deal well or just not securing a good uh, clearance. I think Galese didn't uh, kind of went to box a ball out and just it just kind of whiffed on it and kind of gave up a rebound. And that's what 
cause an opportunity. But aside from that, like no issues from the back line, which is very nice to see because we're not even playing with our first choice back back four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean there was a couple moments that I remember from the first half that were more Red Bull catching them off guard on like a counter attack or something, or you know Orlando playing out of the back where they're press was getting him to him too quickly but it, definitely there wasn't no uh, any issues um some stats on holiday two tackles an interception two clearances i mean he you know he was doing a pretty stand-up job defensively passing wise 71 percent. i mean one for four in his crosses and that was including um like kyle mentioned i think it's this one in the 17th ish minute he puts it in and i want to say it was martin ojeda coming in just missed him like maybe like six inches above his head really good opportunity there but good service in the box good service from Petresso too i mean i thought both fullbacks were getting some good looks obviously offensively not a lot that you can kind of pick out and say that the team was doing well not a lot of moments i think maybe some of the biggest moments of the match pedro Galese, especially there at the end i mean what do, what do you, what can you say about this guy? He comes up big in the moments that matter for Orlando City, and maybe you could say probably one of the top three offseason moves that Orlando made was resigning this guy. Yeah, I agree. I think he was our man of the match. I think Glesse just did everything he needed to do um, in a game that was kind of kind of pretty pedestrian, up and down, nothing nothing really like no shining moments. So I thought Glesse had the two. The big shiny moments of the big save at the end there. I think that that save just for him to hold his feet like that and and not dive and guess and just react to that ball and make yourself big is so difficult to do. Um, and he knows the moment too. It's late in the match. He's got to make that save. And I just I would agree. It's one of the bigger move. One of the bigger moves that Orlando City did was just to keep him. Um, and we're we're. we're lucky to have him i guess is, is the best way to put that <laughs> kyle anything else that stood out to you in this one no i think i think kind of the thing we've said most seasons is the first couple games it's always you really just kind of look for the positives to take away because a lot of the weaknesses tend to get chucked and rightfully so chucked up to first games of the season for a lot of these guys it's their first time really going all out in in a couple months even the guys that were playing preseason games we talked about after the New England game, like they were not going all out. They were not going 100%, which which we weren't expecting because it's it's preseason. So I think getting to see that first game, getting some of the nerves and, or the rust shaken off and even giving some players just, just that time on the field together in actual high-pressure, high-profile situations, not just, you know, doing their own thing you know, in a game that doesn't matter. So I think, I think there were a lot of good things to take away from this. There's a lot of good that we saw from it. I think obviously we'd like to see some stronger attack and some more cohesion on a lot of the passes, but those are things that, that typically come with time with teams that play this way. So overall, I thought it was a pretty, pretty impressive first game. Nothing crazy great to write home about, but some good moments. And then obviously the most important thing coming away with three points. So before we go, Kyle, who was your man of the match? And then Gavin, who was your man of the match? I'm with you. It's Galese. Yeah, I don't think – I mean, they obviously don't win this game without without that big save there at the end uh, that he took off, like, the shoulder almost hit him in the face. Um, yeah, I'd definitely go Galese. Um, all right. Well, that's it for us. Obviously, uh, back on the field next week against Cincinnati, who did win their opening game. 
another one of those top teams in Eastern Conference. I mean, obviously we'll we'll look at that game next week, later in the week, but it, just lasting impressions that you guys see. Obviously, we all think it's early, you know, but confidence is confidence. Where's our confidence at right now? Still high. Three points. Yep, yep. Would you right, would you yeah, say, Gavin, that we're that would you say that we are now on to Cincinnati? On to Cincinnati. Well, <laughs> Cincinnati's coming to Orlando, so you know we. Could, I mean, we're looking on to Cincinnati, so yeah. No skyline chili references from us this week, though. Other except for calling it garbage. So there's. I feel that. like I feel like because Gavin's not really a, a football watcher, it's a it's a Bill Belichick on to Cincinnati reference. Uh, okay, yeah, no. Now that you say it, I've definitely seen the clip, but no, it's <laughs> not something that immediately sticks out to me. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that does it for our, our post-game wrap-up here. Uh, you can follow us all on Twitter. Kyle's on Twitter. Brent's on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. The Orlando Soccer Show. We'll have another full episode of the Soccer Show, breaking down more of this topics and way more Orlando stuff later in the week. And then, like I said, we'll have another Orlando Cincinnati match preview Thursday or Friday. So uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you guys next week.